0: You're about to witness a seismic event. Talk brunch. Where the deals are all faces. Now, let the party begin. Long live. Start the countdown. Three, two, one. What is this? You gotta get booze
1: before you can bet. You gotta fall down before you fight back. Which feels so weak. All right, ladies and gentlemen. We are once again here live, Talk Brunch Live. I hope you have all had a wonderful Sunday night, because tonight we come to you off of the heels of WWE Clash of Champions 2019 on September 15th. This is episode 339 officially of Talk Brunch. I'm your host as always, Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch, and this episode will obviously serve as your WWE Clash of Champions 2019 post-show. So, without further ado, introducing my co pilot, Mr. Destin Frazier. Welcome to the one place that didn't your pre show tonight. Aw. You're still not over that house. It's been a whole two hours, son. Nope. Two hours. Got the program. That's old shit. Come on, man. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who's been with us the entire night, enjoying this wonderful pay-per-view. Shout out to the chat room that's had Stasis and AC. Also, thank you, Sixlayer, for the host. EB Gamer, Joe Woco, Blazing Carnage, thanks for the follow. Vinyl Cannon 275, thanks for the follow. Willie V2, Max Adam Power, Jeremiah Holiday, Zari Shadow 12, Seth Rollins 287, and Sith Lord Sting. It's a good combination there. It's a Sith and it's a wrestler, in case I had to, uh, explain that to any of you. Or it could be, uh, or it could be the band. Know. Yeah. Or it could be, uh, or it could be the undead character. But anyway, okay. also those who are currently listening to the live feed over at TalkBrunch.com, and of course the rest of you who listen to Man via iTunes, Stitcher, and all other popular podcatcher apps, we're available on every major digital audio provider, including SoundCloud. Just search TalkBrunch and you can visit us at TalkBrunch.com for that, plus our social media links, as well as replays of all of our content. Nothing beats talking about a pay-per-view covered in Crayola belt icons. <laughs> well, it's about
2: the kids, man. The kids. Is it? It's that one month of the year where it's about the kids.
1: I thought it was about the money. <laughs> I thought they <this> were <laughs> me this whole time. They're not, they're not
2: supposed said, to
1: know that. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's you know, about the kids' parents' money. <laughs> that'd be the name of the episode if it was if it wasn't a pay-per-view episode hey uh,
2: we can save it for tomorrow
1: (laughs) yeah yeah before we get into it because we did talk a little about the chairman i know i'm gonna forget but yeah the connor belt design the reason why why i troll it a little bit is uh it's not about the belt design like i get it it's supposed to be a crayola belt to look like a kid you know like a, a cute kid drew it like The problem here is that you guys got to keep in mind that they go out of their way to recap things that are happening on Raw and SmackDown over and over again. Before we leave for commercial break, when we come back for commercial break, between commercial break, under the commercials, they'll still be talking about like the first thing that happened. Like if Ric Flair comes out and slaps Sami Zayn at 1045, it'll be like, we're going to show you how we started off the night here. And it'll once again be Ric Flair (laughs) slapping Sami Zayn. Like if I forgot two hours ago. That shit happened. The point that I'm making, though, is that the reason why they do this, at least their psychology, is that fans easily forget things and they want to keep you in tune. They want to keep you engaged they want to keep you understanding what's going on. So now taking it back to the the counter belt, the average person who's not a fan tuning in isn't going to get that. They're not going to get that this is a cram belt because of some kid who died that liked wrestling. It's just going to look like the show we watch has ugly ass designs. That's not going to draw the new ratings that they're looking for. And remember that the key word is new ratings because there are people that are not here yet that don't know about this world that don't exist yet. And you aren't going to draw them if they're channel surfing and they land on a Crayola belt and like a guy with an Afro and a Congo line. I don't know why I threw that in there, but you know what I mean. You get the you got the <laughs> general point. You know, like the the point being, like, of course we understand why it's like that and we know the whole backstory. But if someone was sitting with you right now that didn't watch wrestling and asked you why that belt was like that, you wouldn't be able to explain it in five words or less. You'd have to tell them the whole backstory of Connor and the cure and Daniel Bryan and Stephanie crying and all the other shit in the Hall of Fame, just to explain this Crayola belt. And that's one of the reasons why. I think it's a silly idea for that to be the design of it. It should be something that even if someone's just tuning in, they get the general thing. Like the pink ribbon with the uh breast cancer, it, it's just a pink ribbon. You know, it's it's a universal sign. It doesn't really have a strangeness to it, you know. And there's nothing wrong with the kind design for the casual viewer. But I'm just saying for if you're trying to get new ratings and new people in there, I don't think they're going to look at that and understand it. It just looks like you guys have a crayon belt. That's what I would think. When I first saw, here's a side story here. When, when I first saw SpongeBob, right? Cause I, I don't watch stuff like that. But, uh, at the time I was, I was a teenager, I was at my girlfriend's house and she had, uh, she, she, she had some siblings, like smaller siblings. Now to someone who knows what SpongeBob is, they're gonna go, oh, look, there's SpongeBob SquarePants and there's Patrick. Oh, cool, you know? To this day, that's still my girlfriend and you can ask her. My reaction when I sat down and looked up at the screen, was why is there a piece of cheese talking? Okay. <laughs> because I don't know it's a sponge. Oh, I just yeah. see some piece of cheese in the water. <laughs> why is there a Starburst next week? <laughs> I didn't know what the hell was going on. I don't understand this. But that's the point that as a person who's seeing something for the first time, your your mind's going to immediately go to some visual that's not going to be accurate in certain cases. If you see a Crayola belt for the first time, you're not going to think that it's because of Connor's cure. You're going to think that this company can't even get a good looking belt. Just the same way that I thought that SpongeBob was a piece of cheese in the ocean, <laughs> because why would a sponge be associating with sea life? Oh, you see geez. what I mean? <laughs> it would be no easier for the casual viewer to tune in and understand that there's a Connor's cure belt than it would be for me to understand that that's not cheese in the water.
2: You understand how much you made me look forward to September as a wrestling fan every year now, because <laughs> it's piece of cheese. On this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: If the objective is not to, not to draw new viewers, then sure, put whatever the hell you want up there. But I'm saying right now that from what I'm, we're hearing and what we're covering every week, their, their objective is to have new viewers, right? So I don't think that, uh, I don't think that a cram belt is, is just the way to go. You know, have it somewhere discreetly on the side, but when it's in the middle of the ring like that and a big HD graphic going down the ramp. It looks really strange, man. Everything else looks so crisp and pristine and the colors and the designs of the of the championships and the logos of the pay-per-views. And then in the very center of all of this detail is this Crayola-ass belt that looks like the Muppet Babies put it together.
2: <laughs> when they walk up the ramp, I can't even look at it because it just ruins the whole scenery for me. Like, we see these crazy-looking, like, well, like, like, um... What was it like when Ambrose used to come out and he had like that cool stage graphic? You look down the ramp and then here comes a Crayola belt. Like, just kills it for me.
1: While they're trying to get ratings at such a vulnerable time, you know what they say about first impressions, man? You want your first impression to be great. I remember yeah, or- seeing lightning down there. I remember seeing the Miz's red carpet, his electric red carpet. I don't, no one's going to remember or want to remember, or unfortunately they might remember that there was a Crayola floating belt there that they didn't understand.
2: Oh my God. Stay just the great look kids would to make a better one,
1: <laughs> you know it's just again okay, that was a, that was just a little bit uh preempting before we, <laughs> we get into this uh this pay view here Jesus, I know right, now that I'm gonna a get wonderful. a bunch of connor heat, um, so um, yeah. what were your thoughts overall before we go match for match here? like what did you think uh
2: um, the night started out like starting literally from the pre show, the night started out. Eh. But it, at least for me, it gradually got better. It had a couple of points where it dropped a tad for me, but not like a drastic bit. But it definitely felt like it it kind of went on like the upscale throughout the night.
1: Paige was on Mixer last night. Was, uh, was she on her own channel? I know AJ's on here. I see AJ pretty regularly. Yeah, but I, didn't yeah know. I follow AJ. Yeah, AJ's pretty cool. He's a fun channel. He's the only good channel besides this one. Oh, okay. yeah. AJ's great. I'm, saying, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But no, yeah, cool. I seen. I didn't know the page was on here. I seen some other dude on here that was blatantly just streaming a two thousand and two pay per view, literally I like did. the whole thing. It wasn't like just clipping it and commenting. It was like literally, he went, "All right, guys, let's watch the pay per view." Turned on the WWE Network, put that shit on full screen, leaned back with some popcorn, and just ran the whole thing.
2: Like he didn't even do it like like that one guy who playing the UFC event had a oh, controller an control
1: and was <laughs> having and pretended like he he spent the whole thing pretending he was playing the pay per views. I guess so that if, <laughs> if a if a casual moderator happens to glance, they they think he's playing a game. Ridiculous! Oh, that would but be great. It was brilliant yet ridiculous. No, he didn't even uh, do that. He was just sitting there watching the pay per view. Then someone asked right. him if he was going to stream Clash of Champions, and he was like, "No, that would be going too far." <laughs> And then, uh you know, and then the moderators proceeded. Someone actually came in there and called them on. And the moderators ex- uh, proceeded to explain that uh as long as you're talking on top of it, it's fine. Wow. <laughs> you guys want to watch Avengers Endgame? I'll put it on. I'll just talk on top of it.
2: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Why not,
1: right?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Let's we'll go.
1: That's how it works.
2: <laughs>
1: you know, just talk we'll over things, you know? If I fuck it, i put on the I that means that technically by their logic of laws, we could put on the page leaked video and just talk on top of it. Oh, no. They'll tell us anything. We go, hey, right, listen, we're talking <laughs> oh, on top Jeff of it. it. That's how it works, right? We just talk on top of it.
2: <laughs> so he says something, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> you guys said we can just talk on top
1: of it. One of the moderators' arguments was, well, he's getting follows anyway, and then I was thinking to myself, Well, yeah, he's 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 they're getting free pay per views.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what are you playing with? You
1: whore yourself out for followers, <laughs> or what you? people—they're like, when are you going to talk about the paper? If you're ready, all right. Well, let's get this going. So the first thing was the kickoff match, which was the WWE Cruiserweight Title Triple Threat Match: Drew Gulak defending against Humberto Carrillo and Lince Dorado. With 63% of you believing that Drew Gulak was going to retain, 25% had faith in Humberto, and 13% went for Lince Dorado, and uh basically drew Gulak retains most was of you. the no.
2: ugliest roll-up ever seen in my life
1: majority rule here crazy spotty match a little too much in my opinion but uh they were like i was saying in the time they were trying to do different stuff to their credit they were trying to be innovative and not just do the same spots they would do every week but as well everything just felt a little bit off and a little missed time that last little sequence i think it poor poor homeboy got a got, got a handful of knees and uh Things just didn't work out very well, but it wasn't the worst looking match. I just think that when you're trying to bring the cruiserweights onto which they're clearly not, they're on the kickoff. When you're trying to show them to people interested in all kinds of wrestling, maybe not that crazy spotty. It felt a little bit more like AAA merged with Chikara and had that match.
2: Yeah, you know?
1: maybe it's just me, you know. But I just don't need a uh, super spotty stuff in order to be able to enjoy it, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, but then again, it's not
1: like anybody was
2: actually trying to. I, I I feel I almost feel like. I think we even said it's better on two hundred five live. Ironically, two hundred five live when nobody in the goal position is watching. Ironically, it's better.
1: Yeah. So, so I haven't even looked at uh or begun to put together the program for the big show tomorrow night. But um, should I be concerned why there's a missing Michael Cole?
2: I've heard some talks.
1: Yeah. It, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting talks tomorrow.
2: It, it could be the end of an era. Could be off.
1: Really? Oh, shit. I was just thinking to myself, like, like, toward the end of paper, was like, where's, where's Michael Cole? So yeah, tomorrow, when we cover the general news, let's find out what the hell's going on with that.
2: Yeah. yeah. Which, my God, that's, imagine if it's what we think it is.
1: I don't, I don't think anything. Again, I, I stood away from the news this week, but by tomorrow, I'll be well informed. So again, 11.30 PM Eastern after raw tea plug there. Let's see what'll happen in the post match, though, here. Uh, they already have that up.
3: Drew Gulak, you have been a dominant champion since WWE Stomping Ground, but was there a moment during that triple threat match where you were worried that you weren't going to walk out tonight as the Cruiserweight Champion?
0: Worried? Was I worried? Do you understand what this represents to me? This is the Cruiserweight title. Two decades of men just like myself, world-traveled, World competed, lots of experience. Being told, hey, you're too small. You'll never make it. This is validation. Should someone with validation worry, Kathy? Let me tell you something. We're in a state of growth. We're at battle. And the only thing that's gonna make it through to the end is adaptation. Survival is the key. Change is the rule, and I am the law. What
1: a talented guy, right? Like, he's, he's, yeah. I like all his characters. They're great. I like every single change he's made in his gimmick throughout all the years.
2: Yeah, this has been the best one, hands down. It's the most I've ever taken him seriously.
1: Yeah. I also like the funny stuff too, the PowerPoint presentations and all of that.
2: <laughs> the fact of how much heat you get with him if you even so much he went to the middle rope.
1: Yeah, no, there was no joke. Oh god. All.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a good. Guy. He's a talent,
1: that's for sure. Yeah. So, any other thoughts on this match?
2: Um. Yeah, it was just kind of all over the place. I do like um when Drew had Lindsay up in um that that electric chair on the outside, and Umberto went for that dive. It looked like Umberto leaned kind of hard, but I guess he wanted to be okay. But that was definitely probably my favorite spot in the whole match.
1: Yeah, and there were a few too many spots like that for me, where it was like like that one where where uh, one submission turned into another submission. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, exact that sequence. was weird. Uh, I know what they were going for, but uh, again, it was just I just found that a little bit strange.
2: Yeah, it could have done without that spot, but I mean, overall, even though it was a little bit botchy at times, decent match though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Like it, it was basically a regular two hundred five live match with just a little bit more a little bit more boxes in it.
1: Exactly, <laughs> to put it that way. <laughs> so uh, next we had the this was an unannounced match, WWE United States Championship match, AJ Styles defends against Cedric Alexander. The finish here being the Styles Clash, and then afterwards the OC jumping Cedric, beating the hell out of him. Thoughts?
2: This match started high speed from the get go. I wasn't expecting that. Like he, Cedric, virtually got almost all of his big offense in right away, and then Styles instantly shut him down with that Styles clash on the outside.
1: So, what do you a, think? What do you think made this match just spawn out of nowhere?
2: I figured they were probably gonna make this happen because of the fact that uh, Cedric pinned AJ. I think it was their last week on Raw. So I kind of figured they were gonna throw this on there. Why it got pre-showed, I don't know. But I was like I kind of looked at it as like, well, and I think I even said it on the show, AJ doesn't have a challenger. Cedric just pinned him. So knowing WWE's logic, they would throw that in there just based on that.
1: It's kind of weird because uh they didn't have room for the Baron Corbin um uh, king of the ring match everyone's calling it that's so i'm calling it that's terrible right but they didn't have yeah. room for that match so they decided to move that to raw but then they put the aj styles match there and uh one would speculate that, uh, maybe the reason they did it is because they wanted to the kick off to have something that would draw people into the pay-per-view and an AJ Styles match would do that. But that's just speculation. I guarantee you by tomorrow, every dirt sheet is going to have a link because it's all clickbait for money. Reason why AJ Styles want to kick off and they'll say, you know, it'll be Mel Circle quoting with his, his own speculation that it's, <laughs> you know, oh, I think the reason was because they wanted to have a basically what we're saying on here. You know, that's not breaking news, guys. That's just fucking common sense. But uh yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. Anyway, even if people are gonna approach it like that tomorrow, which I think they will, I just found it a little bit weird. Um, I don't know. I don't know. There wasn't really anything necessarily that they could cut because they did do great time. Maybe yeah. they just said, "May as well just have that match there." You know, they didn't want to put the King of the Ring as a kickoff.
2: Yeah, they put they did they did a good job for as short of a match as it was though. A lot of craziness.
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, before you even get into that, I'll give you a minute to do So let's just see what that, what AJ had to say, uh, after he went over in the match. Yeah, AJ. Oh, yes.
3: I couldn't have beat him even better. You nah. couldn't have done it any better. You beat him any better. You're AJ <laughs> Mother Loving Style. Mother right. Loving Style. Congratulations. You retain the United States Championship tonight. Mm-hmm. You also defeated Cedric Alexander in his home state of Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, this, How satisfying this was this, this victory? Oh, oh wow. How embarrassing, right? Well,
0: Tell him lost. Wow. Mom's out there. Yeah, is his mom out there? His his wife? Maybe his whole family. Yeah, Yeah. his mom wanted to date. Enjoy that, Charlotte. (laughs) I heard his mom asking for a date the whole time. Yeah, I
3: know. I I have no doubt that she was Thinking about us yeah. So not only did you win But then uh, the OC joined you in Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows oh, In the ring And you continue to brutalize, oh, well, Cedric Did I, I, you I think I, that was necessary? Brutalize a little strong A yeah. little tap dancing That's what we call you the know? Charlotte message we We're just delivering the Charlotte message yeah, Right here cool, in Charlotte
0: Clash of champions yeah. Beat him down In front oh. of his family AJ mother-loving stops
3: That's <sighs> what we do Let's talk about your mom Oh yeah, Patty Schreiber yeah Let's right. talk Patty Schreiber. Hello yeah. Patty Schreiber Hello. No Patty. Uh, She's watching Schreiber She's a big fan So yeah, she is Hey Patty. Patty Hello Patty hey, What's Patty. your number Hey fix my hair Look who's here
4: Patty Look, look Patty The champ
3: Look at this mother lover right yeah. here Yeah I'll, I'll give uh, I'll give Sarah down. my number Call me Perfect Or call us for that matter yeah, there's three You us. know uh, It's all um,
1: good No yeah, No, still- no. no. Whoa. Oh she's
3: still here Oh man I was thinking about Patty I was I was thinking about Patty How
2: Guys, let's talk. Let's go. Over here. Let's just, like, Congratulations. Is this is a gimmick. Just trying to bang everybody's <laughs> ball. Oh.
1: Call all three of us. Yo,
2: yeah, needed <laughs> <laughs> the camera. Hey, man.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: Oh, God, that took
4: such a turn. <laughs> oh, God, I can't see.
2: Oh. Hey, Patty. Right. AJ Mother Love Is
0: <laughs> Oh, God.
1: That is. I was not expecting that. Doesn't even have a hot. Doesn't one of them has a hot Asian wife. you shouldn't be talking like that.
2: Right? Wendy will get you, AJ. <laughs> okay,
1: this music even makes me uncomfortable,
2: though. <laughs> oh, that was, that was great. You know, I never thought I'd seen the day where a wrestler t- hit on two dudes moms in the same promo. Right. Wow. wow.
1: <laughs> so, I need, yeah, continue your thoughts on the match.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they kick it off with that. High, I guess it's like a high angle Michinoku driver from Cedric. Right. Which it, it scares me when he does that because I'm like, he angles that in one wrong way and somebody gets rig mossed but yeah absolutely just wild stuff That neutralizer hit i think the hardest i think they it hit in a long time or aj just sold the bejesus out of it but mm-hmm. yeah absolutely just wild stuff they got all their stuff in in the span of only maybe like a few minutes
1: yeah they just decided to squeeze in a second match and normally the kickoffs won't won't do that you know they'll be completely shy of it i didn't know i didn't understand again we'll have to speculate upon what the point was but uh yeah, yeah, it's it. It was definitely something in there. I mean, are, do you think that this is gonna be a feud that's gonna be pursued?
2: I think so. I mean, you can. It's possible.
1: I mean, it would suck that he just gets jumped and that's the end of it, right?
2: Yeah. 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 I, I could see them letting this one roll for a little bit. Shoot, this might be one to be in Cedric's first championship sue this feud because he doesn't necessarily have to win on the first go.
1: Yeah, he's definitely United States championship material. If not more, you can guarantee oh, he's that, you know.
2: That dude's championship material of some kind of caliber.
1: Yeah, the boy keeps surprising us, right?
2: That, that dude's so good. like he And he keeps getting better.
1: Yeah, he's come a long way from Ring of Honor.
2: Oh, for sure. Vader Scott somewhere like, man, why could I get signed? <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, wow, you brought it way back. <laughs> when Vader Scott was his last manager, yeah. Well, yes, yeah, speak of the devil. We have him backstage. You just post it up here. Let's have a look at what this is.
3: Cedric Alexander, obviously a tough night, but this was your first title opportunity since joining the Raw brand against AJ Styles in front of your hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. What was this moment like
0: for you? <laughs> this, this moment was supposed to be everything I dreamed for. This moment was supposed to be the crowning achievement of my career thus far.
4: And, and I, I, I failed. I,
0: I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. I'm disappointed that I let down my friends, my family, my mom, who's sitting in the front row and watched my very first match. Now saw me fail in my hometown. And, and it's, it's, it's eating me up inside. But at the same time, I know it's not over you know there's old saying that that goes everybody wants to eat but few are willing to hunt and just because i failed today and i didn't eat does not mean that this hunt is over there there's light at the end of the tunnel aj styles will seal me again he will see me again and i will take that title from him one way or another
3: thank you so much for your time
1: It's funny while he's having this sad moment, I'm just visualizing Seth Rollins swinging his title over his head in the background because
4: <laughs>
1: like this big happy celebration going on.
2: But don't worry, Cedric, according to AJ, the, Clinton, the OC got your mom. <laughs> I tried to fight it, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Damn, <dude. laughs> I just still can't get the visual AJ leaning over. Hey, Patty, oh my god.
1: Awkward as all how man. <laughs> it
2: is. I kinda wanted to be a thing just because when AJ will be funny. It's, like, it's, it's every week at somebody's different moment. Oh God.
1: I I like it so much that I don't
2: Right. These <laughs> just know he's still a man. We he, he out here. Come on now. <laughs> oh god. Like that visual's gonna haunt you for the next like week and a half. It's gonna be terrible. Oh, goodness gracious. That's the, that's the name of the episode for tomorrow. Hey, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to put like nine Y's on the end of the episode. It Drags. Hey, Patty.
4: <laughs>
1: oh, boy. <laughs> All right. So next was the WWE tag team title match. Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins defending their championship against Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode with 63% of you believing that Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman will be retaining their tag team titles. 38% of you believing that Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode would win it. And the finish was Roode going over Rollins with the glorious DDT. That's a lot of wrong people.
2: A lot of us had faith. Be a lot faith. of us believed Braun, believe Braun couldn't screw this one up, but he did
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's, that is quite unfortunate.
2: Right? Now we gotta deal with Ziggler as a champion again. For, was he about to leave? Was that it? Seems to be the case. He was just But, but yeah, it wanted to be in um Braun Ryan type. I think it was Ziggler, and Ziggler hit Seth. So it just it everything just went to cookies in a can basket. Like it was terrible.
1: So it was basically Braun's
2: fault. Yeah, it was Braun's fault. And then Braun walked away like he did nothing wrong, and I'm like, no dummy, it
1: was you. <laughs> and blames Rollins.
2: Yeah, he's just like, Rollins lost the tag titles. And I'm like, no, dummy, you lost the tag titles.
1: Yeah, yeah, goof. What's wrong with you? They do nothing. But I did like the fact that, uh, that basically they, they did up until that point seem like they had some level of chemistry, you know? It almost yeah. made you believe that this was going to continue to be some sort of a tag title run, even though it wasn't.
2: It was literally the one mistake they made the whole match to cost them.
1: Which my only problem with that is, uh, when I'm looking at. Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler, they're, they're pointing it out like it's a good thing, but it's also a discrediting thing to the rest of the tag division that they're like, these two guys weren't even a team when they kicked everybody's ass. Like they keep reminding everyone of that. These two guys didn't even know each other when they kicked everybody's ass. They didn't even know they were going to be in a match that day. Ziggler didn't, didn't know that he either had, one existed. Ziggler had the day off. You know, it's like, oh, we get it. We get it. It's the most unlikely thing. Holy shit. Wow. But it's like at the same time, yeah. So they beat all these established teams and then climbed to the top of the, I don't know it's just weird for me with with those two there it's it's very unlikely even in the within the law of wrestling that that would happen and for some reason it did i mean this is an official team now they're tag champions right yeah
0: what
1: what chemistry do they have together what do we really know about these two's relationship they haven't had like literally anything to establish except that they that they unlikely were gonna be able to do this that's like the whole big shtick
2: i don't know do they take do they step on the same foot when they start walking is that it like
1: I don't know. I would, that the like to have, I would have liked to have just seen more of what what they had to offer before they got thrown into being tag team champions like that. That's so weird.
2: It's like it just doesn't make sense. Like
1: those raw titles suck. They have the most discredible history I've ever seen of any titles anywhere in the whole world.
2: Like we well, at one point we had a ten year old with them. Now we have this island of misfit tag teams with them. Like
1: yeah, it's it's that team wrestling is
2: alive and well. I'm telling you, man.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Just,
2: I don't get it. Uh-uh. Yeah,
1: shocking. Oh boy. Anything else on uh on this match? Do you think it would have been better had one of them lost? Like like if uh like if the other if they would have lost and then these guys would have still been tag team champions afterwards or It
2: would have made it intriguing because then I'd like to see the aftermath of the main event.
1: Like they like after what happens tonight, then tomorrow they have to be tag team again, right?
2: Yeah. That's that's honestly a more interesting story because it's like okay, they're defending their tag titles, but guy a knows that guy b beat him or vice versa
1: the only way that i could see them not making that story is simply because they're they might just be done with the Braun storyline it's unfortunate but it seems like Braun is literally one of those characters stuck in that vortex that i've seen people get caught in where like he he just is never gonna win the big one at least not currently you know what i mean and like yeah that's a spoiler alert for later on tonight but i'm just getting that impression from the guy that uh yeah. He just doesn't come off as uh, someone who who uh, they're they're gonna push right away. So if they're not gonna have a storyline with him, why even bother? Is uh, the a impression lo- that I get.
2: I've I've reached a point with Braun where I'm like, there's gonna have to be a lot of top guys who aren't there before he gets that championship. Yeah, like it's it's just there's look at some of the guys who are at the top or like near the top. And then there's Braun who dropped the ball over and over again. Like I don't see Braun become a champion until a lot of those guys are either on the other show after the draft, or like just not around.
1: Yeah, no, it it uh, it's definitely weird though because it goes against like I said the whole thing of WWE liking big guys. You know how much do they really like big guys when something like that happens? You know they might be learning.
2: Maybe 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 they maybe they finally realizing that the Age of the big man is over.
1: <laughs> it, in this case, though, the ironic part is that they were wrong. There were a few times that this guy deserved the damn title.
2: Yes, you know, there's been a few times. He were should have already had it by now.
1: There were a few times he was the most entertaining thing. There were a few times he was the most funny thing. There were a the few times that he was literally their draw. And Brock Lesnar was nowhere to be found. And then they just have Brock Lesnar running with it. They, they let the momentum that he gains run out. And then they just move on to other things, which is really sad you know for so once yeah. they had a big guy that actually is a really convincing big guy you know that, that works well and it just I don't know there's just something not happening here for him and oh, oh. And,
2: see, and on top of that pretty athletic for a guy his size yeah. he can do things guys his size should not be doing and we'll know when we get to the main event
1: yeah man he's pretty fly for a white guy <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> You've been waiting for that one for months,
1: haven't you? No, I just literally <laughs> threw it out there. But yeah, here's, a, here's Root and Ziggler. They have him on here afterwards.
3: Dolph, Robert, congratulations. You are the new Raw Tag Team Champions.
4: Yeah. Uh, it's a long time coming. I would say we didn't see this coming. I would say that oh, all the hard work, it paid off. It's been paying off for years. We're the best things going today. We just teamed up and made some like super animal of professional wrestling. We're the best thing going. We proved it tonight. Seth and Braun are awesome at their jobs. They're
0: amazing wrestlers. One of them is a universal champion at the end of the night. We're the best tag team going today, period. Think about it. Ask yourself a month ago, could you picture this happening? One month ago, 30 days ago, could you picture Dolph Ziggler and Robert Root standing here together? Not no. only as a team. No, I couldn't. But as the raw tag team champs.
1: <laughs> I'm looking at it now. We just went I out
0: there and we defeated the universal champion and possibly the next universal champion. In
3: one
0: it's night, us in one match. That's us. Clash of champions. Clash of champions. 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 We
3: are the champions. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. We're gonna go out on his we thing. No, roll. Right, We're out of here. Congratulations, gentlemen.
1: I think Well the done. Big, I think the biggest challenge with our Dolph Ziggler lately has been trying to get him to be in a tag team with someone who he has a deeper voice than.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and that's the problem. <laughs> he's all, he's all Marty McFly with his voice, you know?
2: <laughs> we got a fast ass, fast, about a flash? your voice. Jesus Christ. Exactly.
1: He's just the most unintimidating sounding dude ever. He sounds
2: but, like he sucked on helium before every promo. You
1: know? <laughs> He sounds like one of those dudes that messes with Peter Parker in high school because he doesn't know he's Spider-Man.
2: <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> that is amazing. Hey, Parker. <laughs>
1: Come on, you can hear Ziggler's voice Him doing that. Hey, Parker.
2: Dude, I can't un- hear it now. I'm so bad.
1: He's Flash Thompson. Yeah, like an old school, not the current one. They modernize him. But yeah, he's like an old school Flash Thompson style villain, you know? Oh, slam his fucking palm on the locker room villain. Oh. Just doesn't work with him, you know? And, and, and Rude carried himself cool in that little promo, you know? It, it actually yeah. intrigued me more, but it's just like the same Ziggler that they copy and pasted onto Drew McIntyre, you know?
2: Isn't that Zigler. Ziggler? Like, I, I love how, like.
1: He's, a, he's that Z- cartoon that has the big dog and then the little dog who runs around him. Oh, Being tough. Sakes. That's what Ziggler. The, the
2: visual, the visual, the <laughs> visual. Oh my God!
1: Like I don't know. They, they, there was a point where I was another guy who who had a, had his time, and they just didn't execute it correctly.
2: Yeah, because he kept getting hurt. Well, we me talk about Rude. Oh yeah.
1: Huh? Yeah. No, no, it's Ziggler. You know.
2: Oh yeah, Ziggler. Too. Oh yeah. my God, Stace, it's not too stupid. Dogs. No.
1: Nah, not those dogs. Older no. Dogs
2: not that no, don't you don't you do that to my childhood, or damn it, don't you do that? <laughs> but yeah, like I love how you just like that's the one of the things that annoys me with WWE. Like they th- he throws out that phrase, like, oh, we're the best tag team running. Oh, you're fucking not. <laughs> There's two guys with bells down in NXT who would destroy that statement. Are you kidding me? Like. It WWE seems like they always seem to go with this notice of the second you get the titles, you're automatically the best. No, you are not, because I have seen many occasions where the champions League will live at the bottom of
1: a ladder. Oh, Sith, Sith Lord. I mean, that's one of my teams, man. Like, I oh, love to be money. I was such a mark for beer money.
2: Beer money was proof of one thing that I thought about for a long time in TNA. If you have James Storm as a tag team partner, you are on a route to being the best thing in that company. Because I think he's won tag titles, with the exception of maybe Gunner, I think he's won tag titles with everybody.
1: Like, those two guys, when they came out, were so cool. You know, like, it it was just like they were the coolest guys in the building when they came
2: Remember out. Remember the together. Boozer Cruiser?
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: See, that's why, damn it, James, why did you leave? <laughs> you ruined it for all of us.
1: Yeah, no, but those were the days, man. Good old beer money.
2: Oh man. Oh. Thank you, Rockstar Kid 2, for the follow.
1: Yes, thank you, sir, for the follow. Except you know what? Hole.
0: You just made the list! Oh, no! Oh, here we go.
1: <laughs> I don't have my notifications on, so I have to hit it manually, because uh, I always forget to turn the damn things on.
2: Oh, yeah, it
1: happens yeah all right it's on uh i'm always screwing up all right well next match after this was uh this was the WWE women's title match was that what was next yeah bailey and uh charlotte what were your thoughts on this one
2: bailey finally starting to do some heel stuff so that's different <laughs> she did it so healy i didn't even see it coming until it happened but
1: bailey the heel huh
2: yeah, Bailey uh, takes Bailey removes the paddock from the bottom turnbuckle and as Charlotte approaches her, um, basically bashes her face into it and rolls her off of the pin.
1: It was it wasn't that short. It was a short match, but there were a few things like there there was some wrestling between the two women before. It was just extremely brief. Yeah, you know, but it seemed like the whole point. It kind of seemed like it was half a time thing, but the other time part of it seemed like they wanted to get Bailey over with some sort of a heel tactic.
2: Yeah, I just love how when she won she did full sprint to the back. <laughs> Got her belt in.
1: <laughs> She's trying to teach the kids how to be hmm. how to be fast and clever. Like, like kids should be.
2: <laughs> I was an ace in gym class, you could be two kids.
1: <laughs> and yeah, Rockstar Kid Bob, that's what that's what we're talking about here. We saw saw the whole pay per view. And thank you for the whole, sir. But oh okay. man
2: i'm telling you man like 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 bailey gave us the perfect example of how you ace the pacer test in elementary school
1: (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) what you do that's 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 what i'm talking about bailey good stuff there bailey that's what i need to (laughs) see
2: every time we see her now that's gonna be the running gag what lesson did she teach to the kids this month
1: yeah you know that's what we're gonna do we're gonna have to keep a list somebody help keep a list with us of things bailey teaches the kids from this point forward and it's gonna be like We'll just have all of the vile things she does. He teaches the kids to expose the bottom turnbuckle. You know. She
2: teaches the kids how to untie a knot. There There you go. go. (laughs) (laughs) And then we come back this time next year and just see everything she taught us. Yeah. Oh, God. Jesus Christ.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) So apparently after the match, Bailey was still on the run, if I'm reading this correctly. So let's have a look and see what the hell's going on here.
3: Bailey. You retained your SmackDown Women's oh title. However, you're really doing whatever you can. Are you proud of yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing whatever I can. Like I said, I want to make this title the most prized possession in all of sports entertainment. So that's what I'm doing. And I got to do what I got to do. Okay. Now I got to go watch my best friend's match. So thank you. If you see Charlotte, you haven't seen me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, she, and she's gone again. There she goes. We're
2: playing back again. That was great.
1: She went, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
2: know what she did? She did that shit.
3: Bailey, you retained your SmackDown Women's title. However, you're really doing whatever you can. Are you proud of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing whatever I can. Like I said, I want to make this title (laughs) the most prized possession in all of sports entertainment. So that's what I'm doing. And I got to do what I got to do. Okay. Now I got to go watch my best friend's match. So thank you. If you see Charlotte, you haven't seen me.
2: Oh, that is awesome. (laughs) She did that. She did that like when you go to the grocery store and you see a girl's cat and you kind of try to pack my real fast. Do I buy any girls' No, 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 thank you. I don't have any money. Bye.
1: <laughs> oh, that was, oh, great. That was awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'm loving this gimmick, dude. I'm loving yeah, this gimmick. She... Not only does she have the best ass in the business, but now she's the best heel. Well, she's one of them. I mean, you have so many good heels right now. It's gonna be hard for him to keep her heel while she's a jerk like that,
2: right? Like it's almost—it's so funny it works. Oh my god, that was great.
1: Yeah, that—that that was fantastic. So, any other thoughts on this? You're enjoying the Bailey heel run?
2: I mean, I'm liking where it's going. She definitely kind of stepped it up a little bit. The fact that, like, when she take when she was taking the the, the turnbuckle off, I didn't realize it, and then when they do they show the replay, I was like, oh, that's when she was doing it. And then everything happened so quick, it was just like it was kind of interesting to see the Bailey to Belly or the elbow drop not even be a factor. I don't think she went for either at any point in this match.
1: Yeah, well when you're first turning here, you probably don't want to do stuff that's gonna pop the crowd. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, like and and so you stay away from the move that would cause people to be naturally inclined for a pop. You know what I mean?
2: True. Yeah, but it was a good job. It was short, but it was fun.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. Alright, so next was the tag team title match, right? SmackDown tag team title match, the new day defending against the revival. did we even give the results of the last one? I don't even think we did. Holy crap, I do apologize <laughs> to you guys, I forgot the percentages here. Like, if anybody really gives a damn what the percentages are, can I bring them up on the, uh, on the screen here if I want to? I mean, we have all this technology, we can't just bring up the damn results ticker here and me look. Let me see. We're right down there, we could have something new. Yeah, you I know the only to complain. Yeah, right? I mean, this is not something new. We've always had the results ticker.
2: Oh, I mean, just like mid show, but yeah, you had one. There
1: we go. Let's just have it. See, I don't want it to be <laughs> yeah. in the way of the chat room. That's the thing.
2: You yeah, know. that's that's the trick.
1: So those are the those are the ones right there. Bailey, fifty percent of you had her retaining. Twenty five percent on Charlotte. Twenty five percent on No DQ. Well oh, technology. Remember back when we didn't even have a screen? I had to bring up to them all results. <laughs> that's beautiful stuff right there. I feel like a king.
2: Now, if we could just get it to where YouTube plays the videos and you know you close your phone, it would be fantastic. <laughs> I'm sorry, I accidentally closing my freaking... closing on the screen on my phone and the video just turns off because I forgot I was on YouTube. <laughs>
1: oh, boy. Get,
2: get anyway, it together. Anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a quick glance at the results for the night. we head back into this here. Okay. Anyway, so... We have Big E and Xavier Woods at fifty one percent with the revival at thirty five percent, EQ no contest at eleven percent. Finish being the revival hits the shadow machine on Woods, but instead of going for the cover, they decide they want to hurt his left knee, so they wind up tapping him out. What is it, like an Indian deathlock they're doing?
2: Uh, yeah, I think it was an Indian
1: Deathlock. Yeah. Whatever it was. I don't know. What what were your thoughts here of the of the match overall?
2: You know when when Dawson went for that deathlock, I was I was waiting for Big E to show up. But then I forgot Biggie had taken a shatter machine all of like a minute or two earlier
1: on the outside. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I was like, yeah, he's not going anywhere. But um, it was quite the wild one. It was um, a little off the balls tacky match for sure, kind of what I expected from these two. So it wasn't too much out of the ordinary. I could see, I guess, with the whole thing with all uh, revival jacking up Woods' knee before, I kind of figured they weren't walking away with the titles. But then, I mean, it's a revival. We know how back and forth they are with those guys. Which, I mean,
1: uh, which the only reason those titles have better credibility than the Raw ones is because of how terrible the Raw ones are. They're kind of screwing yeah. these titles up, too. They just go back and forth all the time.
2: But the only difference is they go back and forth to actual teams.
1: Yeah, I guess.
2: that's the, That's the that's Right now, it's kind of the only thing that keeps me interested in all the tag titles except... The raw tag titles, every tag team champion, except the raw attack team champions are actual teams, not just two guys who aren't doing anything when they decide to throw together,
1: yeah, pretty much, but at the same time, it would be nice for there to be a little bit more retention in these title runs,
2: yeah, especially considering that we we had the new day, will the championship forever and a day, like,
1: yeah. But overall, the match looked good. You know, it, it got what they wanted accomplished there. It's just like, I need there to be some direction now. Like, this is it for me, dude. The Revival are now the tag champions again. I need to see something. I'm getting really exactly. burnt out on this.
2: This times um, where I started to believe they're just handing them tag titles just to keep them around.
1: They have to come up with something else right now for the tag division to do. Honestly, I think that they need to figure something out. That's not what they're currently doing. Anything but what they're currently doing. Honestly, at this point, I would get rid of, I would throw those titles in the garbage. And the whole division. And I would just do, they've never had it before in WWE. But I would have six-man tag titles. The same way New yeah. Japan and a Ring of Honor and all these other companies are doing.
2: Yeah, I would yeah New Japan like, has them. Ring of Honor has them. Lucha Underground has them. I would them, like, start. I would, just, them.
1: I would make there to be one set of regular tag titles. One set of uh of six-man tag titles. Get rid of those shitty Raw titles that Nicholas won that one time. You know, it's like they're never going to be okay. That's a shit title now. Thanks to them doing that. It's always going to look like a joke. The more they run them, the worse they get. So I would get rid of those and then let the ones that the revival have now uh be the workhorse tag titles and then have six men. And this time have good six men. That doesn't mean have fucking Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins and Nicholas. You know what I right. mean? Make good teams. And this time take the, it more seriously.
2: Like the first thing you do, no random one time off. They don't want to hold it just because it looks cool for that moment, champions. Like, yeah. if you're going to hold those championships, you're going to fucking work. Like, if Nicholas go hold these damn titles, Nicholas take us a bumps. All right? I don't want to hear it. Like <laughs> you
1: know, One show should have six-man tag titles. The other show should have regular tag titles. That should be the difference. Yeah. Not not and one maybe, show has stupid tag titles and the other one doesn't.
2: And then maybe have it where have it, how it is with uh, the women's tag titles, where those are the only tag teams that can go to every show, since there's only one set of them.
1: Yeah. If they if have Nicholas win both of them and walk off into the sunset, and that's the last we see of him in those titles, there you go. Yeah, I'm gonna start off with something though. Like I'm so I'm just done on it. You know, I'm done on all the jokes and all the haha. <laughs> they
2: they and, they, and, they, and, they 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 dealt a fatal blow to the tag, tag tag division in every show. The second they did that, yeah. because nobody's ever gonna forgive them for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think at this point the audience was so desensitized to the kind of shit that they do that they already forgave them. You know, yeah.
2: or they just. They
1: just don't care, you know? You have to be really comfortable with people's reactions for you to have stuff like that happen. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunate stuff. All right. So what's up next? The WWE women's tag team title match, right? Bliss and Cross defending against Rose and Deville, fire and desire. Yep. Yeah. Good old fire and desire. And uh, this was this must have been added after we did our poll on on our uh, Monday because this wasn't on the card. Yeah, it must have been. This must have been a last minute.
2: Yeah, because I don't remember hearing about this match before.
1: Yeah, they they announced it on SmackDown. We we put together our votes uh, that Monday before SmackDown, and they always have last minute matches, so there's no voting results for this. But the finish was a cross with a hanging neckbreaker on Mandy yeah. Rose.
2: Hangman's purge, which he rarely goes for that variation of it nowadays. so
1: hmm so look at that it, they did something that i'm actually happy about
2: in a tag team division it's crazy
1: <laughs> everyone automatically assumed that this was going to be the typical storyline where alexa bliss takes advantage of nikki cross and nikki cross eventually realizes that she's been a sucker all along and then she like you know breaks out of the mold and comes into her own and becomes an even bigger star which i would have hated honestly i hate that that's like been overdone just have them be a team look they turned out to be a team after all they work really well together people dread fighting them you know, just drop the whole thing when, where, where freaking Bliss is sneering behind her back. and Like, enough of that. How many times are we going to yep. see a story like that? If they do it down the road, sure, but at least now they let it have its run. It's on a slow burn. Exactly. And that's what wrestling it, used to be about in the past. It was all about slow burns, and they're not doing that enough anymore.
2: If you, you know? wait for a while and do that, it's going to have a lot more impact than when you just wait what they've been teaming two and a half times and then do it.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Because then you can literally go like you can literally go look at everything they went through and then Bliss turned her back. Rather than they went to Starbucks one time and then she turned yeah, out right. her books a million, like
1: And she paid for her pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> and, that was, and that was it. And then they were just best friends.
2: <laughs> They're a good team though. They were a really good team.
1: Yeah, I like it. And the name sounds cool, Bliss and Cross. You right? know? Like it almost I sounds like it. like it was it was intentional, it was completely accidental. But that sounds like a tag team. It sounds like it was designed to be a tag team. Like you have to face Bliss and Cross if you're going to win the tag titles.
2: Yeah, there you are. And it's kind of it's cool to see Nikki getting so much. Like she she went from not being on the main roster. She went from not being shown on the main roster for like two months, and now she's one of the women's tag champions. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and the
1: girls
2: the girls done good. I like how she messed with Mandy Rose. That made me laugh.
1: For a while, though, they didn't know what they were gonna do with them.
2: Yeah, not at all. You know, I don't so. even remember those other tag team champions. It was great, like.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, we they they put up a backstage thing of them. So let's check this out.
3: Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss, the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, retaining it, defending it once again, yep. beating Fire and Desire. Yep. Do you find any of the tag teams to be a threat to you?
4: A threat. I don't know why I'd say a threat. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are the tag team champions. Is there a threat? But I would like to face the Iconics again. That'd be fun. Oh,
3: <laughs> I'm sticking to you. I would, lo- I w- I'll face anyone.
4: I'll face. Is that little, like, little, like, walk-off thing that we can't really, yeah. I can't, I can't, my, hips, I can't my, my hips, my don't go that way. Well, the funny I thing. Don't lie, mine do, so I can't really do it. <laughs>
3: funny That's thing, bringing so up the lie. Iconics. They, you actually are now at 41 days. Are you looking to beat their record as the tag champs? Sure, why not? I think that'd be great. I feel like we can do it. 41 days. 141 days. 241 days. 341 days.
4: 441 days. 541 days. 641 days. Oh, I just love these so much. I just love <laughs> what you she so said. much.
3: Oh. Well, congratulations to both of you guys. Thank you. And Trust the lie!
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> She's so fun. <laughs> Let's be real. Nobody's acknowledging the Iconics title, right? Because they weren't here for most of it. As far as I'm concerned, that's the title. That's the record. But, yeah, it's uh, quite the tag team. We haven't to div- in this division now.
1: Yeah, done proper. Exactly. You see? It's possible, you know how Easy guys. that is. You know, just don't screw it up. But you see, I'm glad they just abandoned for a while the concept of oh, you know, they hate each other and all that other bulls. Like just, just no, man, just no.
2: Exactly, the same stories oh, I
1: recycled over and over again.
2: I love how, right, when Nikki got to 441 days, she slipped up for a sec. <laughs> oh, god, she's funny.
1: Yeah, it doesn't feel like they've had them that long, but they have, you know, and it works. It works really well.
2: Yeah it's quite it's a formidable team we have in this division now like you have alexa bliss who's no see no 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 stranger to being a champion a long-term champion and then you have nikki cross who's 50 shades of crazy uh, that's a pretty good combination right there mm-hmm. and that uh, championship pedigree the other one will slit your throat in your sleep
1: and what about mandy fire and desire here mandy and sonia
2: i think see i enjoy them Mainly because like they do tend to keep things interesting with them. I kind of find it. I don't know if it was planned to come out that way, but the whole thing with Mandy calling Nikki ugly all the time, and um, Nikki Cross was recently on Lillian Garcia's podcast and talked about going through stuff like that. So I don't know if that was like a planned out thing.
1: Who went through stuff like that? Nikki Cross. Yeah, I'm called bullshit.
2: Gosh, I don't know. This is. I guess it was way back before WWE, but. I don't know, you know, people are stupid, but um, yeah, it was kind of—I guess it was in that way. It was fitting that Nikki got the pin on Mandy.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty fitting.
2: Yeah, very fitting. I mean, it was just cool to see Nikki just get the pin, like.
1: Mm-hmm. We also have a uh, fire and desire did a little posting for WWE here. See what the hell this is.
4: Mandy and Sonya—an unfortunate and tough loss for you here at Class of Champions against the women's tag team champions. How do you? Maintain your hope and get it back after such a tough loss.
3: L- loss, I know. I know. Win or lose, we are winning at life. Look at us. We are the total package. Mandy and I have literally everything going for us. And it's about damn time the people woke up and saw that. That's right. We're what's best for business. And speaking of business, when is the last time you waxed your eyebrows?
4: How uh, did you get those donuts
2: I just snap back and be like, "So you still ain't win them tag titles, though." <laughs> 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 I can fix this face. You can't fix this loss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like six, like said, literally everything except winning.
1: Yeah, you're gonna wear that shit like a I'm badge. Like, why do
2: talk like they won.
1: <laughs> wait, they wait. they do win a lot though, AC. They win a lot.
2: They do. It's they just do. not
1: uh not tonight.
2: It's not 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 when it counts the most. <laughs> I do like that. I guess it's their variation of uh, total elimination that they hit during the match.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a really cool spot. I'm glad that they give him that. She does it with the running knee.
2: Yeah, and then uh, Sonya sweeps the leg from behind. So.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: but
2: oopsie, good things go for both of these teams. Honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing them going at it again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, so next we have the WWE Intercontinental title match. Shinsuke Nakamura defending against The Miz. With 50% of you choosing the Q no contest, 25% of you thinking Nakamura would retain, 25% of you thinking that The Miz will win it. The finish it as being The Miz hitting the skull-crushing finale, but then Zayn distracts the ref and then Miz winds up chasing Zayn around and falls for the cliche trap eating a Kinshasa, losing. Vanquished. Thoughts?
2: Uh... You know what kind of didn't make me laugh was when Zayn started doing his own little commentary at the start. And then Miz catches him and just throws the mic all the way down the stage.
1: One of the things that he said was "Uh, when he said that uh, he looked as good as uh, he, he looks about as good as Carolina did this Thursday. <laughs> A bit dark. Right. Uh,
2: Football fans out there crazy. Don't do that. You'll turn up missing like that. Uh, ain't no game for them. Like. <laughs> they'll deliver your head to Cam Newton's house don't do it yeah, but uh, people.
1: <laughs> they're not kidding around it's rough territory out there it's practically medieval times
2: oh god
1: <laughs> you know when I when I oh. went out there I felt like I should have brought my armor
2: I don't know what part of North Carolina you went to
1: but <laughs> the part where you have to have the right skill tree Jesus Christ sure you, you, went right the, s- the right you went out to set. the pool <laughs> Yeah, you gotta be really careful. There's nothing but you grass and death.
2: You like, wasn't in the city. You wasn't in the suburbs. You was in the poo.
1: <laughs> I found like, myself yeah. in the gateway between life and death. <laughs> <care> <laughs> oh, where tea God, can be su- Where tea can be sweet or non.
2: You stupid. <laughs> you will keep holding that against the south, all right? You will... <laughs> Oh, God, but I live in South, I'm from South Carolina anyway, so I don't care. But yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, pretty good match between these two. Uh, Late in the match, probably one of my favorite um spots that Shinsuke does now is when like he, what, he places him on the middle rope, slides under the ring and hits almost like a, almost a weird version of a German suplex that he does.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It's just like the, the accuracy to be able to pull off a move like that, something only Shinsuke could do.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. But the one thing I can say about the whole pacing of this match is that it is definitely funny to see a pay-per-view where the Miz looks tougher than Shinsuke Nakamura because the Miz, they they made him look like a beast in this. He's over here. Like, go back and look at how tough he looked. Like, Nakamura looks like the underdog throughout the entire match.
2: Yeah, the whole match.
1: Yeah, weird stuff. You know, you don't see stuff like that very often. So, you know, definitely impressed.
2: Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see a Miz kick out of that it to the back of the neck.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Cause he took like a full like flush one Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about that move from the Shinsuke is that even watching New Japan, he could hit that move from four or five different angles. So it's that much more dangerous because you're always on look out on the lookout for it, because he only needs enough distance to get the leg up to whatever angle he's reaching for.
1: hmm And um uh, they did have to tone it down after what happened to Austin Aries that one time where he nearly kicked his head off.
2: Yeah, he's he's had to be a little bit more careful
1: with it. Yeah, because you never know exactly what the hell's going to happen there. You know, if you don't feign that move in time, it can literally concuss you. I'm sure he was concussed from that because it looked like a really rough spot.
2: Oh, yeah, no way he wasn't.
1: Yeah, so this is a Zayn and Nakamura post-match here.
3: Shinsuke, congratulations on retaining your Intercontinental Championship. It seems like this partnership is really working out in your
4: favor.
0: what? B- b- why, why you... Do you not understand the dynamic of this partnership, whatever you want to call it? Why are you asking this man questions in English, expecting an answer in English? You're asking him to debase himself and express himself in a way that he can't fully articulate what it is in his heart, what is in his soul. But if you want to know about his win tonight has nothing to do with our partnership. His win has everything to do with him being better than The Miz for so long. Now, how long has it been? The Miz keeps talking about returning prestige to the intercontinental championship what he doesn't realize is that this championship has never been more prestigious than it is when it's on the shoulder of this man the artist the king of strong style shinsuke nakamura now please no more questions because i'm having difficulty turning my neck and this is aggravating my injury please if you don't mind just just go just go just go
1: oh sammy got a boo-boo yeah they made him such a whiny bastard right
2: Right. He took I I watched that man take the most vicious beatings back at NXT. He takes one choke player from the Undertaker and all of a sudden he's on injury road, like word. Yeah, right. See, even Twin Saberblade welcome by the way. Even he's saying the same thing. They would still a tag championship, Braun didn't
1: screw up. Yeah, see Braun. Yeah. And then Braun's gonna turn around and blame them. You know, blame Rollins. And say Rollins is the one that lost the championship. Like, were you paying attention? Go back and watch the pay per view, man. Do you have the WWE network.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's only nine ninety nine, man. You can afford it.
1: Yeah, definitely you. <laughs> it's you.
2: <laughs> you cut the blue wire. You should have cut the green like Don't blame that.
1: Okay. Uh. Next we have the WWE Raw Women's Title match. Becky Lynch defending against Sasha Banks. Fifty percent of the community voted that Sasha Banks would win the title. Twenty five percent of you thought that Becky Lynch would retain, and twenty five percent of you also thought there would be a DQ, no contest.
2: 25% on the money. Because after uh, wiping out the ref with the chair, it basically gets announced that the match was thrown out.
1: Yeah, there was a whole bunch of stuff that happened in this match as far as screwery. But basically, the chemistry with these two is really good. I really like the chain wrestling sequence uh that they open up with. uh The way they would counter each other's uh, moves, the bank statement, and disarmor. There was a lot of teasing of that going back and forth. Um... You know, I did enjoy Sasha's quick heel move. The Eddie Guerrero distracting the, the ref, bringing in one chair and sliding it across the ring, so he has to turn his back to pick it up. And then in the meantime, when Becky leans over to attack her, striking her across the body with the other chair. Good old
2: vintage, I've always loved the fact that she goes back to stuff Eddie used to do.
1: Vintage Eddie Guerrero, right there, and she
2: with, does uh, it right on the dot how Eddie yeah. would do it. That's the best part.
1: Perfect timing. You know, and yeah, you're right. Uh, Saber, that match was brutal. That was something else. That was definitely some some rough stuff there.
2: They um, they beat each other up in this one.
1: Yeah, and it also led to uh to Becky accidentally taking out the ref with a chair.
2: And, and they um, they proceeded to fight all the way up the stairs through um the 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 corridor area. Yeah, but down Be- the other side of the stairs.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Becky winds up hitting the disarmer within within the stair railing on the way up when they're going out yeah. to the concessions.
2: And the Sasha know, grabs her by the hair and kind of bends her back over that same railing.
1: Yeah, the fight bleeds into the concessions. At this point, there's even mustard getting involved in the scene. I mean,
2: <laughs> but no hot dogs.
1: No hot dogs, just mustard. <laughs> you know, they save the hot dogs for the guy matches. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? What what the hell?
0: That's fucked.
1: I didn't even mean it that way, but it worked perfectly.
2: You know what the sad part about it is? There was no way I couldn't go
1: there. I was thinking of the Brian Danielson thing, you know, with the hot dogs. But yeah, sure, it works both ways. Hey, I as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, then, you know, back in the ring, you know, beating, uh, you know, Becky beating up Sasha with the chair, then giving her to disarm her in the chair. It was a lot, like I said, a lot of good sequences in this that definitely made it quality stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, even though didn't get the pin, the man still kind of collected debt on that one. Cause,
1: well, that was a way like I to guess make said, everybody look strong and still give you a program that was the length of a match. And you even got some outside stuff going on there, which is something that's good that we're getting it a few times a night now. Before you go months without something like that happening.
2: Yeah, and I mean, not only does it, I mean, it gives them a way to where now you can get them to Hell in a Cell because there was no really definitive winner.
1: Yeah, so it gives them an opportunity. That's the next pay-per-view, right, Hell in a Cell?
2: Yep, that's one the next one out.
1: Yeah, why not put them in there, right? They're tough enough for it. Yeah,
2: Becky's never been inside it before. Sasha's been in there once.
1: Yeah, pretty much. You will know, do it.
2: And it's been a while since the ladies have been in that thing, too. So. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Like I said, uh, real cool stuff, though. Really enjoyed it. And also Becky Lynch. We have Becky Lynch afterwards. She spoke to uh, com.
4: Becky, you are still the Raw Women's Champion, but you retained your title from being disqualified after striking the referee. Is this how you saw the night ending? Look, some fights are about the victory, some fights are about revenge. Tonight was all about revenge. Would you say you had some unfinished business? There's always unfinished business. I am this business, and I'm not finished.
1: Damn.
2: Yeah, right. (laughs) Better put that on a (laughs) t-shirt.
1: I am this business.
2: Yeah, but I, I'm loving this thing that Becky's been doing where it's virtually like going back in time and every anybody who ever screwed her over, she's coming back around at him.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad that they didn't just immediately hand off the title to Sasha just because she's returned with a new gimmick. and Because uh, it would have made it seem like they were pandering to her for her departure. Like, all right, look, like we let you come back and we'll let you be the top person and beat Becky instead. And you know what? I got to also say this. That being said, Sasha really has earned her keep in this company. In the sense, maybe there have been instances where matches, and there's only been a handful, have been a little bit sloppy. Yeah. You know, there's been instances where, uh, you know, maybe she's had a few botches here and there. But at the end of the day, like, that girl is like a hardcore wrestler when you look at just the shit that she's willing to do. And I'm not just talking about what Becky does. Like, when she's in the ring, the dynamic, the dichotomy in the match, all of that shit changes whether whether there's mistimings or not like the level of stuff that goes on if you look back at the feud she had with charlotte when they did the steel cage matches and their hell in a cell matches and all of their ladder matches there's always the the volumes always turned up like to the second power squared when she's around and that happened tonight in the sense that it's always violent and it's it's more memorable like a lot of the stuff that she does is more memorable than the stuff that she botches You know what I mean? Like when you look at big, crazy matches like this, you know, like no one really has done the kind of stuff that she and the other girls have done the horsewomen specifically. But I just noticed that Sasha definitely brings a dynamic that's not there when she isn't around, you know?
2: Yeah, Sasha's always had this vibe where she's literally willing to put her body at physical risks if it means that the people go home satisfied. You don't see that with many wrestlers in general.
1: Yeah. And because of that, that's one of the reasons why I think it's better when she is around. That's probably why they went through so much trouble to get her back. They're well aware of uh, what it means to have somebody like that on their roster. And she's only going to get better. She's so young and she's so talented. And, you know, stuff like that, the timing of her moves and just um, everything about her call outs to Eddie Guerrero and everything. It's just really cool, man. You know?
2: Yeah. The girl's a keeper for sure.
1: We have a great roster. The top the, the the wrestling style is more athletic than it's ever been in history. Like I said, exactly. it's just the storyline writers, the boogers have to get their shit together and slowly but surely they seem to be doing it. It's not something that's gonna happen overnight, you know? Like this yeah, is something that you're gonna see a slow process of things happening. And as long as you see progress, which is all that matters, even if it's one percent, two percent a week, you know, eventually in a hundred weeks that's a hundred percent. You know, so like I said, when something when something like this is happening, it gives me faith. Like, of course, we're still gonna. There's always gonna be problems when you have a show like this, a weekly show, and things are. Isn't it's never gonna be a hundred percent, but it looks like they're striving to get as close to it as possible. You know.
2: Yeah, we can only hope.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, next up is the WWE title match: Kofi Kingston defending against Randall Keith Orton. Yeah. 67% of you had Kofi Kingston defending the championship against the 33% of you who thought Orton was going to win and not let Kofi get the W. Finishes, Orton goes for the punt, and Kofi counters it into trouble in paradise, which I think is a really cool homage. Because I think in the kayfabe, Orton's biggest move is the punt, bigger than the RKO. When he does the punt, that's an endgame move. I think that's a really cool nod to Kofi to allow him to counter what's literally considered one of the most powerful moves in the entire WWE yeah. universe
0: it's it's,
2: it's literally pushed, orton's kill shot it's
1: it's not just pushed like a regular move they push the punt like a omega level move it's not just a finisher yeah. when he punts he, people he takes them out it's what he had vince he, with even it's so what much he was to with. the
2: point where he hit the rko before the match the punt is plan b
1: yeah, he hits the legends with it. So I think within the kayfabe of things, that is a cool nod to Randy Orton's best move being countered in a good way to uh to uh, put Kofi over. Outside of kayfabe, I think it's a good homage too because if you recall the the out of kayfabe reason why Randy Orton is calling Kofi stupid, back almost a decade ago, is because what happened was Kofi forgot the spot. That match was supposed to end with Kofi getting punted. Kofi was to get up go into a kneeling position. Orton was supposed to come from the corner and punt him. Kofi wasn't used to the spot. So after Orton hit whatever he was hitting for Kofi to be uh, positioned for the punt, Kofi got out of position. He wasn't in the kneeling position that he needed to be in in order for Orton to hit him. And Orton tried to reposition him, but, but, but Kofi wasn't getting it. So then Orton frustrated. RKO's Kofi's boots off practically. If you look at the hard fucking RKO he hits him with right into the ground. He literally smacks him into the pavement and then he's screaming stupid, stupid because he was frustrated that Kofi had forgotten his spot. And the story goes that that's what stopped Kofi's push back then. That Orton made a big fuss about this guy not even being able to remember the finish. He had a tantrum in the ring which at the time was a big deal. And uh this caused Kofi to be de-pushed and then they never used him. Yeah. So it's funny to see uh That being the ending The finish was one Now here's the punt You know For people who are in the know That was a cool moment Because when you see him Set up for the punt You're thinking Oh shit You know Flashback to that big moment But this time They even changed it And in where, in where Kofi counters that And it caused him To win the match So I think that both In and out of the business Talk of things That was a really cool ending My only complaint with it Is that that was something He should have done At SummerSlam Or at WrestleMania Or at Survivor Series You know what I mean Or Royal Rumble not a clash of champions clash of champions is uh sure it it has some prestige to the name i guess if you look at it as a what is a night of champions w wcw style-esque pay-per-view stuff but really i would have liked it to be one of the big four but either way this was something good that they gave him you know and he needed that one way or another he needed that and i'm glad that he got it
2: yeah this was the one win in, in kofi's championship reign where he absolutely needed to win this yeah, like any of the other ones, Kofi honestly could have lost. Not this one.
1: No, I think he needed the path here of being on the feet, and then this to help solidify him as one of the greats. So I'm glad that they did that for. Him. And Yeah, of, yeah, but yeah,
2: but put it that
1: way, it makes more sense. Yeah. Speaking of, they have him backstage too. So let's check this out.
4: Kofi Kingston, congratulations on retaining the WWE Championship here at Clash of Champions. How does it feel to uh, hopefully, possibly have a Silenced the Viper.
0: It feels good, you know, Kayla. I've been saying it since the jump. Ever since I won the WWE championship, I've wanted to face Randy Orton because of what happened. I don't you know wanna keep repeating myself, but over eleven years ago, you know, he made it very hard for me to get to this point. He thought that I shouldn't be here, you know, he said I wasn't ready. He's been trash talking me a lot. The win here tonight was it was validation, you know, definitively, not like it's SummerSlam. I, I'm glad to have retained the championship, but it left a bad taste in my mouth and the WWE Universe's mouth to have a double count on. That's not what I wanted to happen tonight. Beyond the shadow of a doubt, I pinned Randy Orton in the middle of the rain so he can't tell me nothing. You know what I'm saying? It feels good, Kayla. It feels good.
4: Now, do you feel like this is enough to keep Randy Orton off of your back?
0: At least for tonight. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you always have a big target on your back being the WWE champion, but you know, for tonight, we came out on top. And I say it all the time: we are champion. You know what I'm saying? Myself, the WWE Universe, the New Day—we still on top. You know what I'm saying? Just we needed this tonight. After what happened earlier in the night with Woods and E, this was this was very important. You know what I'm saying? And on top of that, over Randy Orton, nonetheless, I just I'm on I'm on cloud nine right now. I'm on the top of the mountain, baby.
4: Well, You mentioned a target on your back, and holding the championship, you always have a target on your back. You have had extreme momentum since WrestleMania, so how are you going to keep that
0: going? You just kind of keep it going. I don't know how. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I never know what's in front of me, but I know that I'm always ready. You know what I'm saying? When you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. I said it before, and I'll say it again. I'm just trying to stay ready and be the best possible WWE champion that I can be. Baby! Yeah,
4: a little lightheaded on that
0: one. (laughs) But it's all good. It's all good.
4: Well, thank you. And congratulations. Go celebrate.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it. To Charlotte we go.
1: <laughs> he's gotten better on the mic now that he gets more exposure on the mic, too. Yeah. <laughs> Get more comfortable. There you go. In the spotlight. That's what he needed, man. That's all he needed.
2: Oh, yeah. Dude's been great as champion.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, yeah, the match itself was really good. A few nasty spots by Orton on the outside, including that signature new announce table bump he's been doing for like the past year.
2: Yeah, like, I like that bump, definitely, because when you really look at it, and I like when they show it in the replay, when they get hit with that bump, they hit that center monitor. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about it till I had a lot, till when he did it tonight, I was like, yeah, they hit that center on that little LED screen they have. They hit that center one every time.
1: Yeah, how, right?
2: So I'm like, that's got to suck. Like,
1: <laughs> There must be some sort of a rig to it, though. There's no way in how they're just hitting that thing.
2: I mean, they don't land like flush on it, like on the very top of it. But it's like you can see the way it moves. There's some kind of contact, like because the way the way that the way on that top piece bends, it's not like it'll absorb some of the impact. Like you gotta feel that thing when you hit it.
1: Yeah, but I think it might be a worked worked monitor, you know. Think so. Somehow there has to be a rig to it, you know. That's Could that's be. the only logic that would make any sense to me. It's it's very possible to do. It'd be foolish not to at this point.
2: Yeah, especially as often as he does, as high as he gets, some people.
1: Those, I mean, they've been on the air for decades. The monitors, by the announce tables, and that entire structure, there has to be designed for bumping. You have to really think about that. Yeah, you know. What I mean?
2: know there's like, something that they do when um they know there's going to be a spot where somebody goes through one of them. There's something they do that weakens it.
1: Yeah, that, it makes it where it'll budge. That, but I think that the monitors are very featherweight. You know, in the the outside casing, probably designed to make it look like a lot more than it is. You still probably have to be careful, but. I think that it's yeah. a bit of a work as well.
0: Yeah,
2: true. I, I always think the way it looks like, it almost looks like that centerpiece maybe pushes it out of the way so it doesn't land on it. But, yeah, there's got to be something to it for sure. Yeah.
1: So the Street prophets are backstage enjoying the pay-per-view and they come across King Booker while they're talking about King of the Ring and they're hyping the Monday King of the Ring thing. And there's King Booker and all his glory and uh well which one of the street prophets in it asked to be knighted so that he could be the uh, angelo dawkins yeah dawkins he says he wants to be known as <laughs> angelo dawkins the dark knight of booker t Knights. <laughs> and uh, it was pretty funny those guys are charismatic a really cool backstage segment with everybody there and uh, yeah
2: that's they're a good tag team it's it's good that they're funny and a really good tag team though
1: yeah we get the uh we get the booker cameo which is just which is also cool
2: yeah, it's good to see him, up. Sure. You can't tell me he still doesn't enjoy doing King Booker. Like, it, it's good. It's like every time they tell me he gets to do it, it's just like, oh, here we go.
1: And after all these years to be doing the King Booker thing, too, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like he was the last successful King of the Ring. Like, <laughs> the last one that, like, really actually accomplished something during his reign.
1: Six Slayer called them Crime Time esque promos.
2: Mm, I ain't be, they don't be talking about Robin people, though. Yeah. He'd be making money. Okay? I don't know what's in that cup, but I mean.
1: <laughs> so next up, we have the no disqualification match. Roman Reigns going up against Eric Rowan. 44% of you thought this was going to end in DQ No Contest. 33% of you thought Roman Reigns takes it. 22% of you thought Rowan would take it. And guess what? The finishes Rowan with the Iron Claw, thanks to a Luke Harper assist.
2: Yeah, Harper comes, Harper returns.
1: They did a good job of making Rowan seem like a threatening big guy in this match with a lot of his moves. I know some of you guys said it was boring or whatever. I don't know what you expected going into this match. I told you. Go back. I mean, listen to the whole shows for fuck's sakes. I told you exactly what this match was going to be. That being said, I found myself enjoying it more than I anticipated, even knowing what it was. Uh, Just because Rowan looked better than I had expected him to look. Um,
2: Yeah, he's improved.
1: I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it was. Did he even use that spinning heel kick? He didn't. He did not go for it. Not one time. That's interesting. That's what we're talking about. It was his only move and it just looks. (laughs) See what I mean? But he just like, I I think he did a lot of cool power stuff. He worked well. And the new attire we talked about, he was going to get new attire. Uh, closer to Alistair Black and other people like that, the same designers, which we put the picture up of him. And, you know, they did a good job. Just make him seem like a big, threatening guy. Like the powerbomb through the table, the fighting through the crowd. Once again, we get fighting through the crowd. Him using yeah. that, uh the earlier um iron claw that he did through the table on the outside. Uh, and then finally Harper showing up and, and looking good and them having matching attire. And then I, who was it, Corey Graves or something that said this was a bludgeoning
2: oh my god you know, like, we, we get theory. we
1: get it man like come on you don't have to spell it out for us i guess they're gonna go back to calling the bludgeon brothers or was that just an homage to their old name hey, i think it was like, just an know. homage but yeah he says, this was a bludgeoning but yeah we get that whole thing and uh rowan looked good they're both in phenomenal shape they both look good together there was nothing ever wrong with this team though that's the funny thing it's kind of like they're they keep improving and, and adding to something that's okay There's never been anything wrong with those two. No one complained about them as Wyatt. No one complained about them without Bray. No one complained when they became the Bludgeon Brothers. No one complained when they were single guys. Like that. Like they're they're good. Look, it's fine. You know, you have to keep fixing it. You know, it's just strange. But yeah, once again, they're back together. This is this leaves a lot of questions as far as what happens with Roman Reigns. Is he going to face both of them? Is he going to get a partner? Who would his partner be?
2: Yeah, he's going to have to find backup because there's no way he can deal with the both of them. One's bad enough.
1: That's what I'm wondering. Who is his partner going to be for this? Who do you think? Because uh, it can't be Seth Rollins, which he has his own storyline going on right now.
2: Yeah. It's, wow. It's really hard to say when I think about it. He would kind of have to, like, because he's going to have to find a partner that can can deal with both Harper and Rowan
1: stasis says the miz so that would be you know miz and roman been getting along lately right how weird is it but when That's miz is up there he's been look at that, he's been beating up nakamura yeah. like that you know he's he's fighting in the high leagues once again i mean six. i've been a miz guy from the beginning so i have nothing against that but uh there's a few things that are happening here that are definitely possible that can make this interesting if they play their cards right
2: Yeah, six Slayer says uh brian maybe
1: you mean Danny Bryan being lose, used with Luke Harper and Eric Rowan?
2: No, I mean having him be um, Roman's partner because I mean now he has beef with Rowan. So.
1: I have a I have a much better uh, impression of things that that can come that can make this really interesting. Um, Do tell. No, no, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But yeah, right now there is there there are definite opportunities. The question we're going to leave in the air is who would Roman's partner be. That depends a lot on what they do because like Slayer said, if Brian turns out to be the third man in this, would it be a two-on-three? How would that work? But I don't think that that's what's going to happen. But in order for yeah. me to explain what I think is going to happen, we're first going to have to talk about what the main event was. WWE Universal title match. Seth Rollins defending against Braun Strowman. 56% of you thought Strowman was going to win the title. Hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, uh, thirty-five percent thought DQ, no contest. It's just gonna blow out, and then uh, nine percent thought that Rollins was gonna actually retain. And the finishes that Strowman goes for uh the running power slam, but his knee that was being worked on the entire night gives out, so Rollins winds up hitting him with a pedigree, followed by what will be the fourth blackout, aka stomp of the night.
2: I uh, think aka yeah, move. I'm calling it the damn blackout. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, I like the strong start of this match with Strowman exploding out of the corner, you know, and. It looked like it was gonna be an upset against Rollins, but Rollins eventually, um, like we were talking about earlier, goes for the back of the knees and then winds up dazing him with several super kicks, followed by the frog splash. Um, you know, Strowman charge you go ahead.
2: I was about to say for not even like the ref couldn't even get into position.
1: Yeah, that's how fast I like that
2: happened, they man. noted that it happened so fast the ref didn't even have time to get ready to count.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, pretty much, uh, Strowman charging Rollins and Rollins hitting him with that, uh, that drop toe hole that basically sends him into the German announce table. He go skidding into it. I thought that was a really cool little setup there. Um, and then when, uh, from that, he goes into suicide, diving him twice onto the announce tables. Uh, Strowman hits a top rope splash, which does damage to his knee. This contributes to that finish where his knee gives out, but it's incredible to see this man in the air. He hits a top rope splash to the dismay of Rollins.
2: And the craziest thing is, that's not the first time he's gone up there. The last time he did that is when he was feuding with Big Show. But the only difference is he balanced on the top rope. This is a frighteningly athletic big dude.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he really
2: is. That's a lot of confidence for somebody that big to be like, all right, I'm going to just scamper up to the top rope and then just jump.
1: Yeah, really incredible. Um. Also that sequence where Rollins has Strowman in that headlock And then Strowman uh, sort of whips him over And then Rollins managed to transition that Into one of the curb stomps Which is what leads to the second curb stomp Like the first one's for a one count The second one's for a two count And then that third one's for a 2.5 count It was <laughs> just just like wow like, He's going to
2: stomp him all night if he has to
1: That was cool But you see how strong they're making Rollins As their champion They really want Seth Rollins to be their top guy It's funny how Seth Rollins is in the position that Roman Reigns was in. I can't even believe the world we live in because the crowd turned on him throughout that match if you started listening to them. People are openly tired of Rollins being pushed. WWE really wants this to be their top guy, and they're making it obvious in everything that they're doing. The man kicked out of a top rope splash from Braun Strowman and then went on to hit him with four finishers and a pedigree, by the way, a pedigree
2: he dug up the pedigree which isn't arsenal. even a
1: finisher it's just a signature after he hits you with three finishers to lead into that for the big blast you know what that is that's is that's main character power this is their guy right now <laughs> but the WWE Universe isn't accepting him I find that to be very interesting
2: I don't know if I wouldn't say and they're not accepting it as much as like they've gotten tired of it and they want something different besides that
1: he is the something different though <laughs> that's, the, that's the crazy part, part. <laughs> they want something different for the something different it's like he is to something different. They could have had Roman again. But, you know, what if they had Roman again? They'd be fine with it now. That It's so weird. <laughs> they'd be fine with it now. Can you believe that? That's where we've come in this world. Yeah. That they'd be fine with it. They'd be fine with having Roman as the guy. As long as you incorporate Roman in, Rollins yeah, will be okay. Is. So, this leads to the end of the pay-per-view. Romans oh, is celebrating yeah. at the top of the ramp. All of a sudden, the lights turn out. And The Fiend gets him, and The Fiend hits him with Sister Abigail, followed by a mandible claw. That's leading into the next feud, which will be Rollins versus The Fiend.
2: Yep, because it was already made clear through Firefly Funhouse, The Fiend was going to get whoever wins.
1: So, we now know Rollins is only really getting pops when he's with Roman. If The Fiend teams up with the Bludgeon Brothers... You now have a two-on-three situation where Rollins is going to be facing The Fiend. Roman already has problems with Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. There's your storyline right there. You don't even need to incorporate Daniel Bryan, but you know what? You could because Daniel Bryan just got turned on by these guys. So now you have the ultimate team. You have Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins versus a new version of the Wyatts. That, to me, sounds like money more than anything because they're not getting freaking John Moxley back for years if they ever do so the shield is gone but you do want to keep a, a, a dynamic between three cool guys while you can this is a perfect setup to to rebuild not only some sort of an incarnation of a shield type stable but the Wyatt's.
2: yeah and it will be the most menacing variation of them
1: i would be pissed if after what after the groundwork that was laid out tonight If if we don't get Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins versus the Wyatts, I'd be furious. It's impossible to miss that target. It's like a bullseye on the screen. You know what I mean? I would be pissed. Whether we're spoiling it or not, or they come up, well, you know, the 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 fans and the internet ruin this. So they decide not to do a bullshit. It is impossible. It is impossible for us to go from where we are now to not having Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins versus the Wyatts. Unless they're all idiots. Unless they're all ass-in-the-air idiots. So yeah. that's my direct. I mean, you can, you can bank on it as far as I'm saying. I, I'm almost yeah. guaranteeing that that's the feud. It has to be. It has to be. There's no choice here. If they give you anything less than what we talked about now, you already are going to resent it because we just talked about probably the best case scenario. So they have to do it because that means that they thought about it.
2: Yeah. But wasn't- then again, like, how long would they keep it going? Cause I mean, we have this draft coming up. And if, if you're going to have the universal title in the situation, then you have Rowan, Harper, Reigns, Rain, and Bryan who are all on SmackDown. So I'm kind of like, if it goes past that draft, not saying I could actually, that's realistically the best idea. But if the draft becomes a thing, and let's just say they stay on respective shows, then wouldn't they intend then they break it off to be in Seth and the Fiend, and
1: then Reigns and Bryan versus uh, Harper and Rowan? Oh, uh, they could break it off. Everyone could just wind up on one show, though. We don't know what's going to yeah,
2: happen. Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if they if they all wind up on one show, if that's wanted to be in the goal, oh, yeah, for sure, that's definitely going to be the way to go.
1: Yeah, I think either way, even if it was something that happened within the next couple of weeks or even on Tuesday, I think that you're just going to at some point very soon see these two teams square off. And even if it's not a permanent thing, they don't have to permanently be together. The Wyatts don't have to permanently be Wyatts.
2: Yeah, you could do it almost like a one-off.
1: Yeah, or it could lead to something bigger, which I hope it does. That's up to them, yep. and that that also depends on the the uh, reaction that it gets and the chemistry that they have when they do it. But I just see money here. You know, I think that they did a good job setting things up tonight for uh, yeah. bigger and better things.
2: Yeah, that, that's definitely the best possible way it could go. I could see it going other ways, but yeah, definitely uh, another uh, virtually a wire versus shield variation is like the best bet. That's you're gonna get the most out of that one.
1: Yeah. So that's the reason I said I didn't, I, I wanted to talk about the last match before we talk about what could happen. And that's the reason I wanted to talk a little bit about Rollins getting heat and needing Roman. Cause all of these elements come together in the decision for all six of these guys to uh, have some sort of association with one another and each other under different circumstances. They can mix and match that kind of stuff throughout the next few weeks and the next few months. If they play their cards correctly, you know, yeah. and it's, it's not something that there'll be a lot of burnout to.
2: Yeah, it'll be something very different, because it's a different variation that we've than we've gotten before.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, but it's gonna be interesting to see what happens when Seth gets locked in that cell with the fiend at Hell in
1: the sickle, Yeah, right.
2: I mean shoot oh, the knows. game's right around the corner, so it's uh Oh, it's a lot going on.
1: Yeah, all of October, I think every single week, there's something special going on. There's an event or oh, something. Christ. There's a pay per view. Let's not forget, we got the Talk Brunch anniversary coming up. Our Halloween-a-thon with our Halloween special coming up at the end of the month. The beginning yeah, of the I month. Which I still
2: have Friday or Thursday on my Xbox, so we have no reason not to. <laughs> yeah.
1: The beginning of the month starts off the reboot of everything wrestling. Everyone gets drafted. They get their new homes. The new AEW, the uh, NXT is going to be live. This Wednesday is the first episode yeah. of USA Network NXT Live. I believe the first two episodes are going to be just one hour because they have to finish off the last two episodes of Suits with that second hour. And then they're going to be given a two hour block. I believe the third episode starting. I could be wrong, but I think that's what I remember reading somewhere. But yeah, way, pretty much
2: now, how it's going to work. The first episode is going to be live on USA and then the second half will actually be on, um, the network. On the, on the network.
1: Okay. So you just switch over. Okay. Yeah. So Wednesday, this Wednesday. It's interesting. We're going to be an interesting week. It's start. You're starting to see the transitions effective immediately. And we're going to talk more about that tomorrow because there's a lot of stuff going on.
2: Oh yeah. It's going to be explosive NXT this week.
1: Everything is. All right. Well, that being said, thank you to everyone who decided to hang out with us for this wonderful pay-per-view Sunday. All of you in the chat rooms, AC, once again, thank you for the host, EB, Stasis, Joe, will Blazing Carnage, thanks for the follow. Vanilla Cannon two seventy five, thanks for the follow as Well, Willie B two, Max Adam Power, Jeremiah Holiday, Zary Shadow twelve, Seth Rollins two eight seven, Mark seven one zero, Sith Lord Sting, Chef Rich 71. Rockstar Kid Bob two, Gusty Nutria seven two zero seven, Trauma Disaster, Twin Saber Blade, Burning Joker M, It's Christian six seventy five. And Furry25, ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to your Talk Brunch Live WWE Clash of Champions 2019 post-show, episode 339. I'm your host, as always, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and Destin, we are out of here.
2: Crayola champions of the world, we out here. Shutting it down.